This is The Overreaction, where we have open discussions about birth stories, fertility journeys, loss, life as a birth worker, and so, so much more. I'm your host, Ashton Scott. You can check out the episode description to find some show notes with links to our guests' social medias and where you can find them, as well as a link to our own Instagram, where you can send a DM to submit your story so that you can join us on this podcast and on this journey of building connection and community with people who are in the same boat as you. Enjoy the episode. Hi, it's Wednesday and I am releasing a new episode, the second episode this week. You're probably wondering why and the reason is because I just I just wanted to get this episode out as soon as possible. This interview was incredible in every way. And I'm really, really grateful to have spent time with Baba Kesu Saab and to have been able to interact with him in his fully in his passion fully in his divine wisdom and knowledge. And it just, it, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. And that's, that's like the most that I'm able to even put into words because it's just amazing. This conversation, it was really healing for me and really um, exciting for me. So Baba is a daddy doula. He's also a man of many, many talents. He is a medicine man. He is um, a Raseki healer. He is a um, space holder. He is a man of community. He is a man of family. He is a father of six daughters. And they have, you'll hear him mention a little bit about those births and just wow, just wow. Everything that comes out of his mouth is dripping in wisdom and knowledge and divinity and magic, just magic. Um, So we jump into this interview wherever you are, whether you're driving your car or folding laundry, take a second and become intentional with the time that you're about to spend Take a second and fill your lungs with a deep breath. Get centered, grounded, and ready because this conversation is amazing. And it is called Finding the Nurturer Within with Kesu Saab. Hi, how are you today? I am amazing. How are you, Ashton? I'm doing really well. I'm super, super, super excited about this conversation. And yeah, why don't you start us off by introducing yourself and telling us what it is that you do? All right. I am Baba Kesu Saab. I'm the founder of the Nurture of the Family Nurture Center, um, which uh, houses the Daddy Doula Services, um, which is one of our many services. I'm also a medicine man, um, a holistic health and wellness advocate. I'm also a, a licensed minister. A Rasiki healing artist and one of my um, most uh, dear to my heart missions outside of Daddy Doula is that I am an integration specialist uh, 
and a co-founder for a veterans organization known as Stars and Scars. Um, and I'm also a facilitator with an organization known as Sacred Sons. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Like lots of amazing things you just said. And I want to dissect each and every one of them. I think we'll We'll focus on your daddy doula work yeah. today because, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. But yeah, I want to check out every aspect of the things that you do. It's just so yeah. amazing. Yes. So what does it mean to be a daddy doula? Well, I'm a father to many fathers. Um, every day of my life, I live it to be a uh, example of what a nurturing father looks like. Um, I have six daughters, um, wow. four, of whom, four of whom are unassisted home births. Um, three of those are lotus births. And um, we are all we are all healers. Um, we all participate in the nurture center with our different um, modalities of healing and gifts. Um, um, I mean, to be a daddy doula to me really means to serve, mm. to give service, you know, um, the idea that men are never really offered uh, the time or privilege of having assistance, um, of uh, being supported, uh, the ideology that men don't need support, that they're their own support, they can't ask for help, they can't ask uh, for guidance, um, lest they look weak. Um, and I understand that preparing for a baby is, is a strenuous process that uh, often leaves the non-birthing parent feeling alone, stressed out and lost which also then turns around and creates chaos in the home and creates a stressful environment for the birthing parent. Mm. So um, in my experience, um, I have garnered the wisdom and experience necessary to make the process smooth and effortless. Even though it is not always easy, it still can be smooth and it can be effortless. Um, and if we can create this environment of harmony to the, uh, we can bring that environment of harmony to the family that can be the building blocks of a beautiful cooperative, um, accountable family unit. And so that is what it means to be a daddy doula to me to help other families create a cooperative community effort where the foundation of the family is laid as a unit, a synergistic unit before the baby is born. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Your family, first of all, sounds amazing. And I know like as a birth worker, my ears just perked up at unassisted home birth, lotus birth, six daughters. Like that's all of that is so amazing. And, yeah. and I totally see how it ties right into your mission and the influence that your family has on this mission. Um, so tell us about how you sort of arrived to that mission? What what brought you to this space of, hey, dads need support and I'm gonna I'm gonna support them. So being a medicine man, um, some people might refer to me as a shaman, um, just just for clarity so people know what a medicine man is. Mm -hmm. uh, being a medicine man, and I often get the opportunity to hold space because women are healers because they are nurturers by nature. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my medicine ceremonies are comprised of majority of women. And dealing with uh, these women in their spaces of trauma 
and healing, I realized that a lot of them were frustrated with the process or with the uh, the dynamic of their home where they were not receiving what they need and support. Mm-hmm. And um, when I had to look at the men that were there and I'm talking to the men, I'm hearing the complete opposite, which is I want to support. I'm doing all of these things for my family. Every little thing I'm doing, I'm, I'm putting all this time, investing all this effort uh, and no one is reciprocating or no one sees me doing all of these things. And I realized there was a communication disconnect between the non-birthing parent and the birthing parent. Mm-hmm. I realized that um, uh, I remember that I also had many frustrations um, because I wanted to do more and have a more present role in the relationship of my family. Um, in my own life, I had to face those struggles, right? So what I did was I submitted to the process of whatever it was that I had to encounter in order to become more aware and intentional, as well as to be able to find what grooves, what different avenues we can take to be better men. And then I realized that we just don't know how to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Two, we struggle with saying, what do you need from me? What do you want from me? How can I help you? How can I make your life easier? Instead of making all these guesses and doing a thousand things, um, I realized that um, it was more about finding what the person needs from you. And I saw, because my sister is a doula, I saw her doing her work and I'm like, men need this. Mm. They need someone there to be able to translate how they're feeling, what they're thinking, what they need, and also someone to help them to learn to be able to communicate these emotions, these feelings, and these desires and needs so that they can be better supported as well. So my, um, I knew I had to do something, and so I had to expand my awareness. In my expansion, I realized I had never asked what anyone needed. I just always was giving them stuff, and I was overperforming and underachieving. Mm. Wow. And so in this overperforming and underachieving thing, I'm thinking I'm Superman and my family see me as broken. Mm. We're not communicating well. I'm angry and frustrated all the time. I'm upset and things like that. I'm turning um my my I'm turning pity inward on myself and frustration and anger out on my family. Um, and I have to take the time to experience the process to learn the traits I lack in abundance <laughs> mm-hmm. and realize that I've always yearned for true community and family culture. When I realized uh, all the skills and tools I needed to build strong family and community, I was garnering them. I began to remember them, write them down, um, dig deeper into them. And uh, essentially, what brought me to create Daddy Do a Service, uh, coupled with my gifts and tools of my family that my family have to offer collectively, we are the nurture center because that's what men need. When it comes down to it, men are not nurtured, so they don't know how to be nurturers. Mm. So that is the whole main purpose of Daddy Doula Services to teach men to be nurturers. If we can be nurturers, we can be good non-birthing partners. Wow. And it's 
for men, anyone that identifies as a man, I am here to serve you. And that is it for me. Identity is what matters. And that is it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Just, I mean, wow. Uh, it's so important. It's so, so important and so needed. And mm -hmm. I resonate with everything that you've said. I have men in my life and I, yeah, like you need support and you need that um, space to be held. And maybe even in some cases, permission mm -hmm. to do exactly what you said, ask for help and ask, how can I help and tap into that nurturing mind? Oh, wow. <laughs> I, to hear, I see you like, hey, you're not doing well today. Yes. You want me to walk the dog? Would you like me to come over and make you guys something to eat? Do you want me to come clean the bathroom? Are the children driving you crazy? Because I love playing with children and I'll bring my children as well. You know, whatever dad needs is what I want to be able to provide. Yeah. Wow. And I don't have much to ask. Mm -hmm. Even though the world says it's too much to ask, the world say, no, no, you're a man. You're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be this. You're supposed to be that. And our families are falling apart and we aren't doing anything. Yeah. It's not working. That doesn't yeah. work. It's not yes. working. Because also one of the main things that I, that I, um, that I believe is that there is no such thing as I have to have a baby to be a father. I don't believe in that. Every man is a father. I don't believe that mother and father is the only parental roles. I believe that there are only parental roles. There are just different avenues of that role. Because when I have an older sister or brother, there are times when I believe them and listen to them more than my parents. That is a parental role. Aunties and uncles are parental roles. Nieces and nephews, cousins, uh, they are all parental roles. And if we learn as men as a whole, how to be fathers, then children will never be without a father, whether it's biological or not. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Just like chills. Every words that all of the words that you're speaking are just like, wow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I like I'm digesting in real time. Oh my gosh. This. Yeah. Amazing. So showing up for your family mm -hmm. and in those beautiful births you've spoken about what did that look like for you to show up and and I'm sure like similar I talk to birthing parents often and they're like I, I had an evolution from my firstborn to my most recent like it things yeah. changed <laughs> I learned <Yeah. laughs> So I'm curious about how that comes into play for you and how you were able to show up for that, for that space in preparation of that space um, for your family. Yeah. So when we speak about the birthing experience itself, um, I believe that it begins from the time that you hear you are, are pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times men hear, oh, you all are pregnant and we are excited and everything, but our only role mentally and emotionally for us is to be there for the doctor's appointments and for the actual birth, pardon me. But it is my belief that we are the doctors. We were the doctors. When our wives gave birth, it was us who caught the babies. It was us who had the opportunity to feel the first 
signs of life. And I know it may sound a little crazy, but I always say to my friends, there is nothing like catching your baby and feeling life run down your arms, mm. run the shirt, get on your pants. It's life. And you are literally holding it in your hand. And your child gets the opportunity to experience being held for nine months by their mom. And then the first thing that touches them is their dad. And when you do it at home, you're doing it without artificial lights, mm -hmm. the way that mom wants it done, mm -hmm. and the way that you feel comfortable supporting mom. The, 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 the thing about creating a birthing environment is that we have to communicate throughout the whole process. We have to talk about what it is that she wants and desires, as well as what it is that I, as a non-birthing parent, want and desire and what I can provide and bring to the table. And then being able to source the resources of what I cannot bring to the table or what I do not have the ability to um, to, to to provide uh, because I don't have the tools. Mm -hmm. Um, so to me, it was about me, uh, asking questions like, you know, always asking how she feels, uh, ask her specific questions when she say, oh, I don't feel like, what, what does that sound? What does that mean? And, and researching and, and, and surrounding myself with other men who are fathers and nurturers. These men help keep me on track throughout the pregnancy. They help me stay focused and they let me know I'm not alone. So for me, um, creating a good birthing environment for your family is creating a, a, a prenatal environment for yourself as a man. Mm. That is very important because I can't always tell my wife when I'm frustrated, angry, upset, lonely, I need someone to talk to, someone who's going to give me good advice, someone who is going to hold me accountable, and um, someone who's not going to judge me. Or some people, for me, it, I created a whole community of men. And 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 um, one of the things that I believe, and I know it sound, it may sound harsh sometimes, but when it comes down to <clears throat> Your spiritual, emotional, financial, and familiar advancement, you have two options. You can change your friends or you can change your friends. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because they don't want to go where you're going. You can't drag them. Right. If they do want to go where you're going, then you have an opportunity to change them. So either you can change your friends or you can change them out for someone else who is going to be on the same track and road that you are on. That is the first step and being a good dad or dad, what I call dad, the first doula. Mm -hmm. Because you are now putting aside petty ideologies of what relationship is and already starting to create a foundation of what relationships should be. It's building your village. Building your village based on what your village need, not what's convenient, not Oh, we've been friends since childhood, but all the advice that he gives you is counterproductive to what a family should be. I don't think that that's a good friend for you, you know? So the all of these different steps that we, we need to take, really creating a, a good birthing environment is about going on a journey of healing within yourself.
Mm. Being willing to face the traumas of your past and being willing to accept them as trauma, accept that you were hurt or are hurt and learn how to overcome these traumas so that you are not passing them on to your children. Because the second step of daddy doulahood is making sure that you are not passing on the same traumas to your mm. children that were passed on to you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The first step to me is finding the nurturer within. That's the most important thing. And that comes from building a support system. One of the things that I am um, working on is Dad 101. And for Dad 101, that's a support group for fathers. Mm. You know, so I want to create this, this space where fathers always have support. Uncles always have, because uncles and aunties and grandma and grandpa, they're stressed out too. Yes. <laughs> They also have roles, right? But if grandpa was taught to nurture, right? You see mm -hmm. what I'm talking Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the word, the word of the day is going to be nurture. I'm always going to come from a space of nurturing because think about lions and tigers. Let's just go with lions, right? Mm -hmm. When a female lion is pregnant, she carries the baby. The man takes care of her. The, the male lion takes care of her, you know, protect and everything like that. When she has the baby, as soon as she drops them babies, she feed them. And then she take them to her to their father, who teaches them how to hunt, hmm. how to hide, how to play, how to fight, nurture the, the obedience of what their mom is teaching them into them. It is the father that is raising the child. Mm -hmm. It is the mother that makes the rules of discipline. It is the father that nurtures the discipline into the child. And so not stepping too far away, one of my examples of this is that if my wife is telling my daughter to wash the dishes every night and she continues to fail at this, it is not my job as a father to come and put the fear of God in her. Mm. Everyone's afraid of men. Men are scary creatures. Mm -hmm. It's no need to make myself scarier. What I do then is I just set aside time every night for a week or two where we're going to do dishes together. <sighs> As we're doing dishes together, I'm going to explain to her about diseases mm. and about different times and eras in life where people did not have access to the type of cleanliness we have now and how it destroyed their families and how their bloodlines were demolished because of disease. And that is enough. Mm -hmm. That is enough, right? So then I've nurtured the discipline into her instead of scaring it into her. So when she thinks about washing dishes, she thinks about the love and the time and the sacrifice I made to wash dishes with her for two weeks rather than me yelling at her for three months about washing dishes. Or in some cases, fathers being violent with their children. Mm -hmm. And that is because of the lack of the nurturer. Yeah. You pulled some tears out of my eyes with that one. Got me there for sure. Yes. Um, yeah, it all makes sense. It all makes sense to nurture that nurturer within the men in the families. And, and I think the, okay, I, I'm going to put the fear of God into you is, has sort of been like what generations past have turned that, that mm -hmm. lion analogy into well the lion's not teaching you 
not being sweet and kind about it. They're smacking you around when you misbehave. And so I'm going to be big and strong like the lion, but big and strong lion also has sweet and kind and loving and nurturing. Yep. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yes. You know, we also have to realize, like I tell people, we are not feral animals. Mm -hmm. Voices that could communicate. Animals have a limited number of sounds that they utilize to communicate. And then they have actions that communicate things as well. So yeah. when you see an animal hitting their child, it is because if their child behaves that, if, if their cub behaves that way with another animal as an adult, they're going to get hit. Yeah. But as a human adult, you shouldn't have to worry about getting hit. So we should not be hitting our children. Mm -hmm. Because if another adult disrespects you, quote unquote, you're not going to hit them. So what does that make you? That make you a coward, mm. not a nurturer, not a father, not a dad, not someone to look up to. It makes you a coward, mm. a grown man beating on a helpless individual. Yep. physically, mentally, emotionally. It doesn't matter whether it's with your words, with your hands, with your actions or associations. Yeah. The violence is violent wherever it is, however it shows up. Yes. However it shows up, it is violence. And that is the antithesis to what we are supposed to be as doulas, as servers, mm -hmm. as, as those who humbly come before those who bear our children to be given the privilege and honor of nurturing them to the stage of bringing forth our seeds. Mm. Oh, powerful, powerful stuff. So this is a, it's a stepping stone and a struggle that I'm sure you see in all of the people, all of the men and non-birthing parents that come to you for support. And I'm curious what seems to be the most challenging or the hardest wall to climb when people come to you asking for support or asking how to overcome this challenge of tapping into the nurturer and out of the aggressor or out of the, uh, the not so nurturing parts of their personality. <laughs> yes. Um, so one of the one of the biggest challenges is convincing a man that he needs help. Hmm. Or um or on the other on the, on the converse, one of the biggest challenges as well, and I think just as challenging is um bringing a, a bringing a non-birthing parent to the awareness that you are helping them, right? Mm. So if they don't know how to ask for help or if they don't believe they need help is one thing, but I think that my biggest struggle is the ones that are asking for help and need help, but they're giving the uh, impression that they don't need any help from anyone and that they can handle it all by themselves and they got it. And, and that is the hardest one because when I'm dealing with these type of non-birthing parents, I know unless they change their mentality, what they are learning will die with them. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And what I am doing and teaching and offering and parting to non-birthing parents is meant to span generations. I am not trying to make money off people, although I am not free. Right. I am not trying to make money off people. I am trying to change the paradigm of what family looks like. I am trying to create an environment where there are multi-generational households, mm-hmm. where that is a normal thing, where my daughters and their husbands either live in the house on the left or the right across the street or in the same house I live in. I'm trying to create environments where there's so many family members of the same family on a block that they can petition the city to name the block after them because that is now their village. Mm. Trying to create a space of family culture because our first religions in life is our family culture. And, And it is important because culture supersedes anything. And everything. It is literally our physical manifested expression of our encoded DNA. Mm. And when we do not have a culture, we have chaos. And that's what we have right now. We have chaos. There's billions of cultures or versions of a culture taking place in one space that's supposed to be shared by these cultures. And none of them or most of them are not trying to find or create a common space or common ground where family culture can thrive. Family culture creates community because in this culture, we learn that we all are good at certain things family wise. And those things that we are good at are also necessary for others. And we begin to have a system of codependency and accountability, which is equivalent to a community. So my biggest challenge is teaching men about community, teaching them that needing support is integral for a community. If you don't need support, then you don't need a community. Go be a hermit. Mm. Don't have a family. Don't have children. Because those of us who have families and children, we need support. And we need need to be able to say, I need support like this. And another family be able to say, I have that support for you. And then you can say, well, I have this support for you. And there is a cooperative effort taking place, an exchange of energy. Mm. No one is lacking and everyone is getting what they need. Because it's not all about money, right? So... Needing support, but being afraid of looking weak and vulnerable or taking away mom support is one of the biggest things. Or I don't want to ask for help because she needs help. And what if I ask for help and she's lacking in help, you know, Um, teaching men to connect with themselves and allow others in. Mm. You know, this is a, a holy a revelation of support. This is the revelation of what support looks like, allowing others into your vulnerability. So that they can make you strong in those places you are vulnerable because it is an energy exchange. When someone is helping you, you are helping them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then it creates a relationship, an intimacy, you know, and uh, with men also, you know, one of the biggest challenges is teaching them that men are supposed to be intimate with each other. This is not about sex. Mm -hmm. It's about intimacy. 
intimacy about the secret parts of myself that I don't trust other people with, that I find someone that I can trust the secret parts of myself with so that those parts, when they are broken, when they are torn, when they are ripped, when they are shattered, I have someone to help me pick up the pieces and I'm not doing it all alone. Because if I'm picking up the pieces of my life, who's helping my family? Mm. And if I'm helping my family, who is rebuilding this, this calamity or chaos that has just befalled me, which we call trauma. So we yeah. always help and support. There's no way for us to function wholly and in happiness without the codependency of the brothers and sisters that we depend on. And also being that shield and that buckler for them that holds them together and protect them from those things that will come to try to destroy the foundation of family culture that we are trying to create. Because culture even supersedes law. Mm. And I will say that again, culture supersedes law because culture is supposed to be so pure cosmically that there isn't a law that man could create that would be adverse to or be able to 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 um to justifiably attack your culture mm -hmm. yeah you know the law say you shouldn't steal my culture says we don't steal because we don't want other people's spirits in our houses and on our person. So if I'm stealing, then I am also garnering and gathering the spirits of other people and whatever energy they put into whatever object I'm stealing. So why would I want to steal? I have enough issues and problems and concerns of my own without going to grab other people's demons and spirits and things like that. Mm -hmm. So always supersedes law. And especially in the Black family, we have been so oppressed by law that we have forgotten our culture and we teach our children the law. Ooh. And law is strenuous and it is hard. It is unjust, mm -hmm. and unwavering. It is not malleable. It is not mendable. It is one of two things. It is breakable or bendable, but mm. nothing between and when I say bendable I mean you can pervert it to your will but culture cannot be perverted to your will it cannot be broken it is not mendable however it is malleable mm -hmm. so this is what I'm trying to teach men that you are a chief of a village and it is your responsibility to love your village into existence and manifestation love your village into the into the entity that is supposed to be so that as i heal myself i heal my wife and children my wife and children then heal their friends their friends go and heal the community the community then goes heal the world mm -hmm. yeah but it starts yeah, there is the nucleus. It yes. starts starts here and it makes the ripple that then covers the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is not because I'm the head of my family. It is because I am the center that holds everybody together. I don't have to be seen. I don't have to make my presence known. I am the invisible part 
that creates all the energy and thrust necessary for the cell to continue to survive and thrive. Mm -hmm. oh. Yes, all of that. Yes. And a million times. Yes. Um, yeah. Something that, that I hear as a, as a birth doula from a lot of the fathers that I meet with. And, and when I, I always make it very clear, like I'm coming to meet with the two of you, not mm -hmm. just mom, not just birthing person, but I'm coming to meet with the two of you and we are going to get questions answered and get you educated and understand how I can support you individually, both of you, and then you together. And I hear often, I just don't know. Like, I just don't know how to, I don't, I don't know what questions to ask. I don't know how to support her during this time. And it's kind of a, it's like a starting point, but still like we're trying to find the, the disconnect in the beginning of that can be really challenging. Um, as challenging as showing a man a picture of a uterus and a vagina and asking him to label them. Mm -hmm. You know, most men can't even label a picture of a penis, mm -hmm. let alone a vagina. Right. If you know how to label a vagina and uterus, you damn sure don't know anything about birthing. Nope. Or bringing forth a baby or understanding that it is your role. You are the doctor. Like, what do, what, how can I help you, sir? He doesn't know. Well, let's just start with the beginning, okay? Let's just talk about birth. That's what my, that's, that's what my, um my, uh the birthing journey is one of the workshops I'm going to do. The birthing journey, like just, the birthing journey is less about birth and more about uh, anatomy, physiology, and 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 um, the function of these things. It's if you if you want to participate in your child's birth, then you need to be able to fully participate, which means you need to be knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. And it's not hard. It may be strenuous sometimes because you come home from work and you don't feel like reading books or watching YouTube's or going through Google, but it pays off in the end, especially if you're having a hospital birth. Because it's important that fathers know what rights and responsibilities and the amount of power that they hold inside these birthing rooms. Most men think that the only people to have say so in the room is the doctor and the mother. The and that if the mother is incapacitated, that they have to agree with everything the doctor says. Then they go 100% off the birthing plan. Mom wakes up and she's a mess. Because they didn't did a bunch of things to her that she said she didn't want. And dad just stood by and let it happen because he thought, oh, I don't want them to kick me out. Or I don't want them. No, you are a you are the parent. Yeah. And the only reason why they were able to do that is because you were unaware. So, you know, a lot of times with men, I don't really I don't particularly ask them what they need. I just begin to give them things, mm. give patient talk to them about uncomfortable things and and that sparks the uh it sparks the uh the line of questioning necessary to get them to where they're trying to go but my first get them to, to establish to them that like you're chief of your tribe and as chief of chief of your tribe you need to know something about every priesthood 
within your temple. Hmm. And every priest within your temple is all of those who inhabit the temple. And if you don't know anything about all the priesthoods in your temple, then you can't properly rule as a chief. Hmm. And I often use chief instead of king because I'm not a believer or I am not a, um, a, I'm not a, a proponent of kingship simply because the uh, ideology of what a king is to me is a pimp. Mm -hmm. uh, he forced his way to the top and the people yep. had no choice but to crown him king because of his ability to move the pieces around the board at his will to create his desired effect. I yep. use the word often because a chief is always chosen by the people and at any time chief is not doing his job the people can elect that he no longer be chief and bring in a new one so if as parents and as as non-birthing parents we see ourselves as chief we can see that we can always be replaced if we don't do our job correctly and that doesn't mean divorce that doesn't mean our children leave us that means that they will find other avenues to get the support that they need and mm -hmm. in the end you who is lacking in relationship and intimacy with those closest to you because you decided you wanted to be king and ruler of your family instead of chief and nurturer. Yeah. Wow. And I love what I do and I love the men I help, but I am a very, I'm a very hard but fair person because our families don't need someone who's going to pussyfoot around issues or who are going to cater to the insufficiencies and false ideologies of manhood in this colloquial environment we live in. We have moved so far away from an etym etymological environment into a colloquial environment where meanings and intentions get so screwed and messed up that we are often saying we want one thing, but the words we are using is the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Case in point, I am not a nice person. No, I am not. The etymology or the culture from which the word nice was cut is foolish, simple, stupid, Easily use someone who will give away everything they have for the benefit of someone else to the detriment of themselves. And we have a whole population of people walking around calling themselves nice. Yeah. Right. So these are different things that I work on with families as well. The words that you speak will bring forth the cultural intention, not the colloquial intention. Mm. Oh man, you look stupid today. That does not mean you're dressed nice. It means you look stupid. It doesn't matter what your mind tells you it means. Your spirit recognizes it as the petri dish that it comes from, the culture that it comes from, the cloth it was it comes from. And no matter what you call it, it will always be the culture or cloth that it comes from. Mm. Yes. Yep. So, I mean, like when it all comes down to it, I'm trying to build a culture for us. <laughs> yes. Yes. Of an, a culture of intention yes. as well as, as nurturing, like int being intentional. And what I hear from, from using language that reflects your intention is to be intentional about the language that you're using. Yes. If that is nice, if that is 
that's mad or or whatever <laughs> trendy cool <laughs> thing that's happening like understanding the way that your soul and your spirit takes that and turns it into whatever it turns it into for each of your cells, how it affects that nucleus, how it affects you and then radiates out into it's radiating out of you, which radiates into the family. And then there's a ripple effect that maybe you aren't really planning on. Yeah. 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 Case in point, um, you know, uh, I often tell people I'm mean, I'm not a nice person. I'm mean. And they're like, you're mean. And I'm like, listen, and we are computers. This this vessel we are in are is a computer. Our soul is the hard drive, right? And then our mind is the processing system, right? We are computers, which means that we are mathematical beings. Mm -hmm. So when I call myself mean, what is the mean? It means I add up all the numbers that are available to me. If there are five numbers, I add them all up and I divide them by five and whatever number I get is the truth. Mm. Is the <laughs> truth. Right? We have too much of this stuff going on in our families where we're not being mean enough. We're not walking the gray line. We have this ideology that it has to be either black or white. And that's not cosmic order. Mm. That's not righteous order. The gray line is righteous order. The line in which I do not choose right and wrong based on my relationship to you, but mm. on the order of how the cosmos, which is represented in everything we do, is ordered. Yeah. Is ordered. If I'm the son, then I am the feeder or nurturer of my galaxy. Everything that spins around me takes from me. And I have to be able to find within myself the energy and fuel to reignite or to keep that flame and that fire going. I have to know when to give more sun and when to give less sun. I have to understand these mechanical things within myself. And so therefore, I know that in this, I am the powerhouse. And if I shine too bright, I'll burn everybody up. If I don't shine bright enough, then I'll freeze everybody out. Yeah. So I have to constantly communicate, which we call astrology, right? Mm -hmm. I have to constantly communicate with the planets surrounding me so I can know what they need and desire. I can know which other planets, stars, and things are supporting me. So I can say today, I don't need to give 100% because Jupiter is giving 10% and we got Mars over here giving 10%. We got the moon reflecting some of what I'm giving, which makes it me have to get, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is what I mean by codependency on those around you and being dependable yourself, being reliable yourself, being the love that everyone needs and being able to receive the love from everyone that you need. Yes. Finding that, that balance and that, that give or take. Yes. Because really mom don't need our help. Her body, her mind, her spirit, tell her exactly what to do. <laughs> the doula is really, I believe for the family. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mom after 
But during the birthing process, you know, she she got it. We we're asking her what she wanna do. What do you want? Do you wanna walk? Do you wanna lay down? Do you wanna sit? You wanna squat? You wanna Yeah. Yeah. And I think like something that that something that brought me into this work is realizing that we apparently need reminders of that. Like we've been coming back to that oppression and that like we've taken the the natural um the natural functions of our bodies and our brains and have just bullied it into submission and and so I came into this work because I saw that we didn't remember Mm -hmm. we forgot or were told enough times that we believed that we don't know what we're doing mom doesn't know what she's doing dad doesn't know what she's what he's doing to support it's all a mess and so when we're in that hospital room and mom's incapacitated and that's because she doesn't know what she's doing and so the doctor is the only one who knows what they're doing and dad has no idea so okay now i'm i'm in charge mm-hmm. so how does or what are some things that the non-birthing parent can do to sort of reground there like come back down to we do know and we we have this divine knowledge and we should trust that we are able we can we can trust that and then help to make that environment more of a this more of the spiritual experience that it actually is and that mm-hmm. we've also sort of had beaten out of out of us or out of our interpretation of birth yes so when we talk about calm calm comes with wisdom Mm -hmm. wisdom comes with experience experience comes with knowledge so we have to start as men when we first find out or even not even first find out and this is why i say that every man is a father so even if you're 13 years old and you're, if your parents decide that daddy doing the services is for you, because there are children having babies at 15, 16, 17 years old. Huh. When I was in element, when I was in middle school, 12, 13 years old, there was two, three girls pregnant. I was in 10th grade. Some of my friends had three children already. Huh. Right? So I believe that every man is a dad doula. Right? And it starts with knowledge. They need to they, they really need to study what a woman's body goes through, not just do If you start with just the general everyday month to month function of a woman's body and what it does for her, even the understanding of we're calling her menstrual cycle nasty, but that is the cleanest blood that the human body produces. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You can cut your hand and put it on a petri dish, and then take uh, take take menstrual blood and put it on a petri dish, and watch which one is more sterile. Yeah. Right. And not to mention, you say we say things like, "Oh, she's on her cycle, and she's so angry." Well, bro, she's going through a full body detox. Yep. Every month, all of her blood cycles through her vagina, and all the toxins in her whole body has to be excreted through that area that's where the nurturer starts 
understanding this much. Now, if you understand this much, and if you have ever done a detox yourself, <laughs> <laughs> imagine your body making you detox without your permission every month. That should bring some type of empathy into you to make you want to be more involved in that process, to have more respect for that process, to, to release and let go the fear of being a participant in that process. You should know what sizes tampons your, your significant other wears. You should know on which days, what type of flow they're having so that you know what type of pads to get. You should know whether they like wings or without wings. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You should know yep. whether they like a certain brand or not. You should know all of these things. You should be able to say, babe, I don't want you to use these tampons anymore because they have this chemical right here in it that does yes. this, this, this. And this is why we keep getting yeast infections because of this right here. Can we, I found, I did some research and I found these type and they don't have any of that stuff in there. Yeah. Right. That's where it starts. It starts with before pregnancy. Like what, what, what changes does a woman's body go through during puberty? Yeah. Right. Um, you know, uh, what most men don't even know how uh, pregnancy takes place. All they know is the act of sex and a baby comes from it. They don't even know. Most men think that their sperm chooses what <laughs> a baby comes through the portal. When in reality it is the egg that sends off a signal to whichever sperm she picks. And that she picks. An egg picks, mm -hmm. right? I want that one. And nobody else can get She changes her key signature to match that of the only one sperm of the billions of sperm that she wants. These things are integral also in knocking a man's ego back as well. Because our egos are so big. We think we are so such creators you are not create you are not the creator you are the tool of creation mm. you carry ingredients but should we have not existed women carry all the ingredients in their bone marrow bro you're an option please ask <laughs> we are an option and if you ask me most of the times, I'm like, we are a bad option. I don't know what the hell these women was thinking when they was like, you know what, we should make a different race. Because that's what we are, obviously. <laughs> you know? And, and that's what I'm trying to do, honestly. I'm trying to get us back from this race that we created. Mm -hmm. Human race. Because a lot of what men believe makes a man is inhumane. <sighs> it is inhumane to want to beat somebody's face in for no reason. It is inhumane to just want to be nasty so people can see you as a type of person that nobody wants to be around, but to you, it builds your ego. This whole alpha male false ideology that, that's circling around the world that doesn't even exist. It has no basis in science, in spirituality, in, 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 in anything. 
It's a made-up ideology meant to break our families down even further, to take more power away from women and give it to men. And you see what we're doing with it. We are just moving further and further and further away from what it looks like to be family, what it looks like to be community, what it looks like to have a culture. A cultureless people are a lost people. And if we are lost, where are we leading our families? Being a doula, being a dad doula goes beyond just because a lot of people ask me like, oh, so what do you do with the fathers? Because you got you like you're there for the dads and they're not giving birth like being a doula as a father has nothing to do with birth it has to do with serving your family that never ends mm. that never ends and serving service and people get it mixed up um serving and slavery are not the same thing right right i am not giving my all and doing everything for my family and I'm getting nothing in return. The more I give, the more they give. The more I love, the more love I get back from them. The more hard I am on them, the more annoying they are to me. Mm. The more uncompromising I am to them, the more aggravating they are to me. So I am my own worst enemy or best friend when it concerns my family. And that is what I'm trying to get men to understand. This is your, you are the key to the foundation of your family's happiness. But you can't make them happy. And a lot of men say that I just can't make them happy because we're not meant to make them happy. We're meant to all participate in each other's happiness. You have to create your own happiness. I'm willing to participate in it. You know, there was a point in time where I had uh, issues with my oldest daughter with depression. And I told her, I love you absolutely 100%. And I'm always here for you. No matter what it is, I am always here for you without judgment. But Baba can't make you happy. Right. You have to make yourself happy and then I will participate in your happiness. Or else we just going to be sitting here crying and upset and depressed all the time. Is that what you want? Because I don't want that. Yeah. And being willing and open to share my own experiences. One thing, um, one of the biggest things that I think uh, dad as a doula can do is stop lying. Stop pretending. Stop faking. Our experiences are the tools that prevent our children from experiencing the same thing. Mm. Yeah. So we have to be willing to be open and honest and vulnerable with our children. That's a part of being a dad doula, being open, honest, and vulnerable. No, I've done these things before. I'm not proud of it. I've done these things before. I'm not proud of it. But I've also done these things that I'm super proud of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see you talking back to your mom. I know where you get that from. You get that from me. I used to talk back to my mom all the time, except for she used to smack me right in my mouth. So every time you get ready to talk back to your mom, I want you to think about how grateful you are that she's not going to slap you in your mouth. And then I want you to stop yourself. Yeah. Be grateful that we are breaking cycles. So I need you to help break the cycle as well. That means don't talk back. Yeah. Because we're breaking the cycle of putting our hands on you. I need you to break the cycle of disrespecting us because we were only disrespecting our parents because they were disrespecting us. 
but we're not disrespecting you. And if we are disrespecting you, you need to bring it to our attention and awareness immediately so we can discuss it. Because you may be reading it wrong or I might just be being disrespectful and don't know it. Yeah. Ah, the just the the having an open channel of communication with your children and allowing them to to bring something like that to your attention and say like I'm not feeling supported here without fear without mm-hmm. fear of consequence or or judgment or but just like understanding we're going to have a conversation and I'm going to be heard. Mhm. I'm going I, to be heard. Far afraid. Yeah. Even- if there are going to be consequences, who cares? Yeah. The important thing is that you are free. Yes. Free. If it hurts my feelings, oh, well. If I get mad, oh, well. Who am I? Who am I? Who gave me the authority to infringe upon your personal rights, well-being, and happiness? Oh, so God was like, I'm going to give you a child so you can break them? No. I I was given children to provide them with happiness and love, nurture, understanding, and support in a world that has none of those things to offer for them. Create a world where future generations will be able to say, my world offers me love, support, guidance, nurture. so powerful it is so powerful and it it is i believe that it is the key to unlocking an elevation or or another level of enlightenment for the world teaching i love that a part of your mission is i am not just teaching you how to get like use these tools get through it and then brush them off and revert back to however I'm teaching you how to tap into this nurturing mindset, this nurturing um, aspect of your personality and stay there uh-huh. and then teach it yep. and share it yep. and, and vibrate that energy to everyone that you meet and talk about it and break the cycles and break the, the walls and the the fears around being vulnerable and being that nurturing entity. Mm-hmm. And I believe that uh, um, pregnancy is a good space to practice because if you if let's just say even if for the first three months there was no dad doula there, right? And then they bring me on for the next six months. This is six months of practice mm-hmm. every day. It's kind of hard to practice something for six months and then just stop doing it. Yeah. So that's the purpose of all of this. Like when I say build a foundation, I'm saying that when you bring me in, I am trying to give you tools to practice every single day so that when my time with you has ended or waned, depending on what the client wants if you want me to stay on at us at a at at a uh more diminished capacity or if you are done you've been practicing you wake up in the morning with gratefulness stop waking up thinking about all the things you have to do and all the tasks that you have to do and the children might be waking i gotta cook breakfast and i have to do this and i have to get them that is irrelevant you are you need to wake up setting the day to help your children and wife or your partner 
also set a foundation for their day. One of the first things I do is I tell men to put a journal next to your bed. Quit with all this. I don't want to write because I don't want to journal or diary. None of that. You are messed up because you don't get a chance to read your own. Lord, because you don't get to read your <laughs> own messed up thoughts. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you start, if I start, I generally start like the first week, just ask them as soon as you wake up, write the stuff that's coming to your mind. The next week, I want you to just wake up. And as soon as you wake up, before you open your mouth, eyes, talk to yourself about what you're grateful for and what you expect for this week and what you expect for this day and what type of person you're going to be to your children and your wife and decide one good thing that you're going to do for your family that day. It could be, I'm going to spend at least one uninterrupted minute with all of my children. That's nothing. But in a week, that's seven minutes. Mm -hmm. In a month, that's what, 28 minutes. Yeah. Right. And it seems like nothing but to your children is everything. So you start to do these different steps every day, every week, adding on, adding on, adding on. And before you know it, you're looking back at your journal like this is the dumbest stuff I have ever seen. Why would I even think this? Why would I even say this? And then you and you and your wife and children just from simply waking up in the morning, just one. And 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 the one thing I I press upon them is just simply waking up grateful instead of waking up and allowing your mind and thoughts and body to do what it wants, waking up and programming it. Watch how much your life and your family environment changes in one week. Now multiply that towards all the bad habits that we've learned. <laughs> yeah all the bad habits that we've learned, all the things that we've seen growing up that we thought were right and that we thought were necessary to be good parents, husbands, lovers, friends. And then we start being grateful and see that that all came from a place of fear, um, oppression, um, and conformity. Mm. Jeez, our parents with this conformity is one of the most detrimental uh, things that we have learned as people whether it's black people, white people, whatever, conformity. Oh, you yeah. have to conform. No, I am not conforming. I am transforming. Mm -hmm. I am reforming. But I will not conform because if I was supposed to conform, I would look like, act like, dress like, and be the same as everybody around me. will all look like the same expression of God. Mm. Aren't. My finger doesn't get on my toes when I go walking. It doesn't jump down to my feet and attach itself to my toes because it has its own purpose. Yeah. It will not form to what my feet want it to do. So we have to come out of this mindset that I have to conform to be this father that my children are seeing on a Disney channel or that my, that, no, no. Every family decides what relationship looks like to them, what marriage looks like to them, what love looks like to them, what intimacy looks like to them. And if they are all happy with that foundation that they created, then that is perfection. Hmm. Yes. As long as what you decide does not infringe upon the rights and freedoms of others, you got perfection right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long time ago. I stopped believing that all 
uh, households have to be a father and a mother. I stopped that a long time ago because I realized that happiness does not come from some set of rules that man have put in place by the perversion of words of the gods. Yep. But that we are expressions of the gods. And in that expression, they have given us the right capabilities and mental capacity to create in the fashion that we decide. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just trying to get men to wake up spiritually. We're so masculine. Like, we're so masculine. We're like the tree that refused to bend with the wind, so it breaks. Mm. And spirituality is about being the wind. You know, the tree feels the wind come. It doesn't fight against it. It's like, well, sh I'm the wind, too. <laughs> yeah. You know so we mm -hmm. have to learn to be that. We have to learn to... That's where culture comes in, culture, culture. It doesn't matter what culture you are from. When you get down to it, your culture is based on the forces of nature. Hmm. Yes. And we have okay. to get back. <laughs> yes, we have to get back to it. We have to retrain, relearn, like re, we have to tap back into it. I, I believe it's. Remember. Remember, that's the word. Cause it's there. Yes. It's, it's there. It might be like packed into a little tiny box, pushed yep. to the back corner and covered with things, but it's there. And one it's of those there. little dirty stones that your ancestors left you. <laughs> yes. It's there. It's somewhere. It's there. <laughs> yeah. It's in here. And I always say to people, our ancestors did not come before us and have life experiences for us to forget them. You may not cognitively remember them, but they are in there. Every person that has come before you has left a stain on your DNA with a little part of them. This nose comes from somebody in my family that this lip did not come from. Yeah. These eyes come from somebody in my family that my forehead does not come from. Right. Every part of me is a piece of someone who has come before me. And that piece of them holds cosmic knowledge and wisdom that I can tap into at any time. I just have to be willing to remember. Yeah. I don't even have to try. I just have to be willing. And this is why I say it does not, when people say it takes a, it takes a, you have to see a good dad to be a good dad. That's a damn lie. Mm -hmm. That is a 100% damn lie. Yeah. All you have to do is want to be a good father, desire to be a good father have intentions to be a good dad and you will be a good dad yeah. intentions without being hard on yourself or being rigid and, and and being a dad is not about having an ideology about what you think a father is and being that wanting to be a good dad is humbling yourself before your children so that they can teach you what a good father and dad looks like to them yeah because that's the only thing that matters. Me personally, a lot of people will say to me like, wow, you're so easy going with your daughters and you don't, da, 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 da. because this is what they said they needed from a father. They didn't need somebody to yell at them and, and tell them no all the time. I don't really tell my children no. I say, I don't think that's a good idea because blah, 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 blah. Whatever you decide to do, you decide to do, have fun. But know that I said to you, that's not a good idea. And I told you why it's not a good idea. And I'm still going to be able to pick you up if you fall, baby. And I'm not going to bring this back up. Yeah. 
because you didn't come to me for advice for me to rub it in your face. You came to me advice because you believe that I am wise. And real wisdom does not get offended when it's when its advice is not taken because it is advice, not a directive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> like, wow. I... I am going to be steeping in this conversation for a very long time because it has been really powerful for me personally. And I'm, I'm really, really grateful to you for the time and energy spent. Um, yeah. But before we sort of shift towards a, like, where can people connect with you and, and learn from you? Um, would you like to share about your birthing rituals and ceremonial services and as well as your, is it Raseki? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The Raseki healing um, services that you provide as well. Okay. So um, I am overall, um, it all boils down to me being a medicine man. Yeah. Which I love. I, I have submitted myself to the universe to be the medicine. So everything that I do is going to be spiritual. I don't approach anything from a mundane space. Everything is spiritual. So even with dad, my purpose is to teach him how to uh, not cooperate with frequency and energy in order to be able to bring a homeostatic um, foundation family, foundational family environment. So Raseki itself is an ancient healing system to create program and heal us of trauma, hurt, and also to manifest our desires. Um, there's an expansive range of energy and frequencies utilized to create this holistic homeostatic effect um, from laying on of hands, color therapy. Um, a lot of it is sound therapy. Um, we utilize songs, um, chants, uh, vocalizations, in order to bring about a homeostatic effect, we use a, a homeostatic effect in whatever space that you are trying to function. It is not just for your body. It is also for your mind. It is also for manifestation of intentions. Um, Raseki is one of the, um, as far as we know from history, it is the oldest form of Reiki that there is. It is the original wow. form. of, um, And it, it uh, comes from, ancient Kemet, which is now called Egypt. And it is a form of healing based on the goddess Sekhmet. People call her a goddess, but I don't like to call her a goddess because that gets them confused. So we'll call her a Neturu, which means she is a force of nature, like the wind, the earth, like wind, earth, fire, air. Sekhmet is fire. She's the great devourer. Devourer. She who opportunity escaped with not the lady of the bloodbath. She's represented by the menstrual cycle as well and the lymphatic system. So the point of Sekhmet energy or Ra Seiki using the sun Ra and Seiki power. Sekhmet is the power. They call her the eye of Ra um, to burn away uh, all those toxic things that are hindering us and to nurture and to mm -hmm. deliver light coal to those things that brings us to a higher level of consciousness. I also, like I said, believe in community and culture. Yeah. So 
the culture, there's a way that we bring forth our babies. One of those ways is that we try to get dad to be the most, uh, to be the most uh, hands-on um, person in the birthing process, even in the hospital. Like dads don't know they have the right to tell the doctor they want to catch the baby. Yeah. You can yourself, you can tell the doctor, I want to do the APGAR test. And 90% of the APGAR test, dad can do. <laughs> you know, um, I don't want my baby under that artificial light at all. You can just give my baby right to me. Yeah. You know, certain things like that are ceremonial and ritual and culture. And if you establish as a culture and begin to write these things down, you can provide things to the hospital to make sure that your birthing plan goes accordingly, at least they be in breach of religious respect. Mm. Because culture and religion walk hand in hand. Yeah. And that's why I say that family culture is our first religion. Yeah. Okay. Um, we also do birthing rituals, which is what we do. I teach dad what to do to prepare the room for mom for the birthing Um which means that we have to be discussing what she wants from beginning to when she's about to give birth. Um, we do bath rituals because there are three different baths that baby should take in order to help them to, because once baby is born, there are three different levels of consciousness that they will ascend to within the first three weeks of life. So they need three separate baths or what some people may call regassions or head cleanings to remove negative bad energy from them to uh, clean and clear up past life experiences and then to establish them in this world as a full being mm -hmm. because it takes time for their spirit to drop from the heavens to the yeah. earth. All right. And it, um, we also do affirmation ceremonies that they have brothers and sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, at their naming ceremony, there's also an affirmation ceremony where everyone stands around and they impart to the baby all those things that they are going to provide in affirmation. You are beautiful. I promise to protect your beauty at all costs. You are amazingly wise. And I promise to give you the experiences to match that wisdom. You are a goddess and we promise to respect and honor you as the god or goddess that you are an affirmation ceremony also the naming ceremony where we name the baby and i do that through divination but it can be done in many different ways it just depends on what what religion religions or cultural background you come from and i do not specifically cater to any religious or cultural background i help people regacion i help them i mean religioso i help people religioso tie back to God. Mm. Whatever God that is that you have, you need to be tied back to him because that's the only, or her. That's the only way that you're going to function because to be tied back to God means to understand, to dwell in and to be exposed to the fullness of God within you. Um, and then last, uh, which is the last one I'll discuss, but we do other things, but it's family integration, mm. which is how that baby is here. How do we integrate all of this into our life to be able to function uh, in the long run, long term of all of uh, of this life experience of now establishing new friendships, new relationship, new int intimacy, new family. Um, I also uh, just really quick. I also have. Uh, I'm also um, a part of some organizations that I also uh, will um, 
direct men to to give them greater um deeper deeper work and 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 a greater opportunity to create the environment that's necessary for them to grow as a nurturer by being connected to other men who are already functioning in the space so you know um the 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 um the nurture center for family obviously is my own personal um business with my family um temple we really call it a temple because in this temple we have the unchurch and different things that we do as well but then i'm also a part of a, a organization called uh, i'm a co-founder and integrational spe integration specialist for stars and scars which is a organization for veterans to help them heal um from the traumas that they receive in life because we have specific needs that other people cannot always cater to. And then um, I am a part of an organization called Sacred Sons, which is a group of men who hold each other accountable to being mm -hmm. men, to fathers, to being nurturers, uh, accountable to accepting help, to asking for help, and to being helpers. Um, so those are just a few of the things that I do um, in order to help men to be able to uh, create the environment necessary for them to bring this new, or should I say ancient way of living mm -hmm. back to our reality. Yeah. Uh, so beautiful on every single level. And I'm really, I'm looking forward to getting this out there as far and wide as I possibly can. And I, I just the the value and the um necessity of your services are there are there are no words or at least no words that I can find at the moment because it's just so powerful and so so magical um where can people connect with you and I'll I'll have like links and things in yeah. the description of this episode so that it's a quick and easy uh, a quick and easy transition to finding you. Um, but if you'd like to voice that and put it out there too. Yes. So uh, for email, they can reach me at uh, kesu, K-H-E-S-U dot ifa akin, I-F-A-A-K-I-N at gmail.com. On Facebook, I'm kesu saab, mm -hmm. K-H-E-S-U-S-A-A-B. On Instagram, I'm at Bobby da Baba. Daddy Doula, B-A-B-A-D-A-D-D-Y-D-O-U-L-A, or at Unchurch Me, which is my own personal church. Um, well, not my own personal, but the church that I founded, U-N-C-H-U-R-C-H-M-E, um, Unchurch Me. And then on TikTok, at The Daddy Doula. Nice. Yes. I will have all of those linked. I want to go check out your TikTok. <laughs> I, I didn't realize you were on TikTok. I TikTok, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, be patient with that and doula. <laughs> TikTok is a whole learning curve in and of itself. Um, oh yeah. So sorry, I completely forgot my own web page. Also, yes, very important. Yeah. So that's gonna be B A A B A, which is the actual way to spell Baba. B A A B A K H E S U S A B. Baba Kesusaab.com. That's my web page. Yes. Amazing. Yes, that will be linked. You can find all of those things and go straight away to connecting. 
Ah, oh my gosh. Yes. I'm going to be, I'm going to like listen to this and then give myself a few days and listen to it again, because it's just, it's so amazing. And I, again, I'm so grateful to you for taking the time and the energy. And, um, while you're celebrating your anniversary, like congratulations again for that. And thank you for taking the time to talk to me and share your wisdom. This is conversation was beautiful. Yes. Yes. And, uh, one last thing I, uh, I will be, um, starting uh dad 101 which is going to be a support group for fathers and those who are expecting fathers and those who one day want to be fathers we'll be discussing all things fatherhood i'll be having prompts and questions and uh lives for us to uh be able to connect and that will start april 15th so um i will also have a telegram um group so anyone who is interested in that can definitely just email me or they will be able to contact me through babakesusaab.com and let me know that they want to be added to the Telegram group. Um, there will be no cost. However, I do ask that if you join, that if you can make donations whenever or however you can, please make donations so that we can grow this organization. Yeah, so important. It's that, it's again, that like give and take and and su- I'm going to support you so you can support me yes. part of the community. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Where it begins. Yeah. yeah that's, before I start demanding anything or being all like, you got to do this, I would like to spend time with fathers and get to know what they really need and desire. And uh, not me telling them, but me hearing and listening. Um, give men a chance to be heard, which we don't get a lot often. So, yes, that's totally. what dad an opportunity for men to be heard and supported. Yeah. So important. And I can't thank you enough. I'm so, so excited about having, having been able to spend this time with you. Um, Yeah. Thank you so, so much. Yes. Thank you. I'm so grateful that you saw me and wanted to uh, speak with me to get the word out there. I'm always grateful for the opportunity to um, let my light shine before men so they may know my good works and glorify my mother and father, which is in heaven. Thank you for listening to The Overreaction. You can check out the episode description to find show notes that includes links to anything that was mentioned in today's episode, as well as our Instagram link where you can head on over and submit your story to be shared here via DMs. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would be so honored for you to subscribe, leave a review, download some episodes, or send some to a friend that you know would enjoy it. I hope that you have a wonderful week and I will see you next Tuesday.